Greetings, dear Earth family. Welcome to Ascension Stories. Today we have Andre Mitty. He has a podcast called The uh, Ascension of the Chessmen. Hi, Andre. Hey, Natasha. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I am excited to get into uh, your story and into whatever else that you would like to talk about. Um, so first, as usual, I would like to hear um, about your Ascension journey whatever you're willing to share with us. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've told this story many times, but uh, hope I'm not repeating for anyone that's heard it before. Um, so really for me, um, it started at a young age, um, just starting to question things, um, never really understanding the answers I was giving, given as if that was the absolute truth and um, like, why are we being told these are the way things are when it doesn't feel like that's truly the way they are? So, you know, just continuing to ask questions as a little kid, my parents would get to the point where I'd keep asking why and they'd be like, because I said so, or, you know, just end with like somewhere that's not truly an end, but they'd end it with that. And that just always kept me like thirsty for more, like I'm not being told the full truth. So that, that continued into my adolescence. And, um, I remember at a young age, like, um, asking like, why is, uh, marijuana illegal or like, what is marijuana? And, um, my dad, I remember my dad telling me, he's like, Oh, it's just a, a plant that grows wild and people smoke it to get high from it. Like it's, a, it's a drug. And, um, I was like, wait a minute. So like, how do we, so we have a war on this plant. Like, so they're like literally like flame torching fields of cannabis and like, <laughs> trying to eradicate it like that just seems like uh, uh not a good idea like it's not you're fighting nature essentially like it, it never made sense to me and so that was at a very young age that was like fifth or sixth grade and um i uh would continue to question in my adolescence um there was a documentary i watched um that would really break me open to the lies about cannabis, which was called the union, the business behind getting high, which was all about, um, you know, just the lies we've been fed about cannabis and how, um, how many uses the hemp plant had. Um, I mean, we're talking 50,000 plus uses from one plant. Like this is a fucking miracle plant. That's, that was made illegal in 1937 and just before it was made illegal, the magazine Popular Mechanics, which is still a popular magazine, they had an article about hemp touting it as the new billion-dollar crop just, just before it was made illegal. So, I mean, this was a plant that was a threat to major industries like oil, big oil, and, um, you know, the timber industry that was wiping out the rainforest and, you know, we could have avoided so many problems in the world that we're facing today. And, you know, now with all the emerging climate change stuff, they're going to try to put new restrictions. And now we're being told electric cars are the new, <laughs> the new way to go. And to me, it's like, once you realize there's other um, renewable energies out there besides electric, like you're like, why is electric being the one they're choosing? Like, uh, uh, 
so I realized um, hemp could be utilized as fuel. It could be utilized as concrete. You could build houses with it. You could replace plastics. Like think of all the plastics that are in our environment that are just ruining the earth. And um, so that really broke me open. Like once I realized, wow, if they could keep a miracle plant like this illegal, like what else are they lying to us about? Like, literally putting it in the same category as um, like heroin and meth, like to say it has no medical value, which is proven many times to be a lie, um, you know, just on and on that rabbit hole goes. And that, that uh, led me to want to watch other documentaries to, um, you know, just get to know more of what we were being lied to about, which led, led me to loose change um, which was a documentary about 9-11 and, you know, how the story we were given behind that day was not um, <laughs> the, the true story that unfolded. And, um, you know, that would prep us to go to war with Iraq, which was a country not even related to those events. And none of that made sense. And then um, there's another documentary called Transcendent Man, um, with Ray Kurzweil, that was all about the uh, future of transhumanism and um, man merging with technology and just crazy shit about where technology was heading that prior to watching that documentary, I was like, I guess I didn't see that coming or, you know, you just have this um, echo chamber um, tunnel vision of, you know, new phones are coming out. Um, TVs are newer, but like, um, I guess you, you don't really look at the change of like 10 years technologically, um, until you're shown like the grand scale of like how fast technology is accelerating. <laughs> and, um, you know, before we know it, like we could have chips implanted into us and like be a part of the machine, you know, like that's where things are going. And so that kind of freaked me out at first and um, made me look more into that side of things. And then um, I was forced into Catholic school at a young age. Um, I was, I transferred in sixth grade, didn't really have a choice. Um, my brother got in some trouble um, when we were going to public schools. So they thought sending us to a Catholic school would be like the right solution to get us on the straight and narrow and to me, I, I wasn't even involved in getting in trouble at that time. So I was like, why am I getting punished for this as well? And um, at one point, I was going to church like six times a week in uh, sixth grade. Like it was, it was like a military institution. It felt like I had to wear uniforms. Um, it was just a very small bubble um, I was living in. And um, so starting to question these things I would, as I would get older, um, you know, I was met with a lot of backlash when I tried to talk about this with people, because, you know, once you start to wake up to the lies in the world, you just want to tell everyone about it because you feel like, why isn't this in every newspaper on every news station, like broadcast to the whole world? Like, why is it my job to tell other people about it? But you quickly find out like it doesn't work that way. And, you know, people are going to come to it when they want to, and you can't rush people to their own healing or awakening. And so that's, that's how I woke up in the very beginning. Um, I, 
I uh, started to smoke weed every day my senior year, and that started to really expand my mind as far as wanting to gain more from these plant medicines. And I started to see the medicinal aspects of not only cannabis, but things like mushrooms and um, ayahuasca, DMT, and um, started to be more curious about these things and watch documentaries about them and was just fascinated by the stories people were telling from their experiences. Um, and so around that time of my senior year, um, I was offered the chance to do LSD. And um, I remember uh, discovering there's that Beatles song called Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which was obviously about LSD. And then um, there was the Pittsburgh Pirates major league baseball pitcher who threw a, who threw a no hitter while he was high on LSD. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, I need to figure out like what the hell he experienced to like <laughs> get this like power that doesn't happen too often. Like nobody's throwing no hitters every game. Like that's a rare occurrence. So to do that while on LSD is quite an accomplishment. So that's what kind of pushed me off the edge to be like, okay, I'll try it out. Cause I was, I was always very stern with myself about not getting into hard drugs or pills. I was like, I'm definitely going to stay away from those things, but there was something different with plant medicine. I was like, I feel like there's something they're keeping from us over here that meth and heroin and these harder drugs, you can definitely see what it does to people and how it can harm their lives. Whereas plant medicine, you didn't see that as much. I mean, you have the fear being pushed back in the sixties of a guy would jump out of his apartment building, commit suicide because he was on acid and, you know, having a bad experience, but like that was a lot of fear driven stuff. But once you get into people's positive stories, you're like, there's definitely something here. We're not being told. So that first acid experience, uh, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> My, uh, senior pitchers were the next morning and my pupils were still huge when I woke up the next morning. So I'm sitting there to suit my senior pitchers, like coming off acid, like <laughs> still feeling it. <laughs> and so that's a good memory to look back on. But, um, so that's, that's what kind of started me on the journey. And then, um, many years later, well, after I left high school, I wanted nothing to do with Catholicism anymore. It, it just made uh, less and less sense to me. Um, the more I was forced to go to confession and tell my deepest, darkest secrets to a man in a black cloak who could, could, or could not be a pedophile. Um, I was starting to learn about the pedophilia within the church. And that really gave me the creeps and thought I was lucky enough never to be an altar boy. Like I never signed up for that. I had many friends that were and I always wondered like what they had experienced behind closed doors. I didn't ask too many questions as far as uh, if I had any friends that were um, molested um, doing that, but um, it always made me um, realize like Catholicism has a lot to hide and um, just the way they would just shuffle priests around that, you know, had committed these um, crimes of pedophilia and they wouldn't ever go to jail. They would just send them to another parish and brush it under the rug. And I was like, how, how are they doing this? And how are their numbers like staying so high? Like, how are people not aware of this and still 
willingly taking part in it. So I wanted nothing to do with it once I found out about all that. Um, at this point in my life, I was kind of at a crossroads of like, what do I believe in? You know, I was questioning um, spiritually, like, what do I believe? And I didn't really want to take the route of going into the atheism rabbit hole and, you know, seeing no God or no higher power at all. Um, but the only way I knew how to connect to God at that time, based on my programming, um, and Catholicism, I thought it had to be through a church. So I had sought out, um, churches in my town. I moved to, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, still into this day. And I found this Pentecostal church and I really liked the pastor's story. And I thought I'd try it out, went to the church one time and, it was just a lot more lively service. I mean, they were all singing and it was a high vibration and um, cause Catholic mass is super dull and boring. I mean, you can fall asleep pretty easily at a Catholic mass compared to a Pentecostal church. Like they're, you know, jumping around dancing, you know, just singing the praises of God and uh, singing the gospel songs. And so I, I had witnessed them speaking in tongues and this is something I had never seen before. So I was like, this is crazy. Like uh, maybe there's something here. So that, that piqued my interest to keep going. And um, um, I was doing private Bible studies with my pastor, like asking him about giants in the Bible. And we were talking about the Illuminati and, you know, the wow. principalities and yeah, the dark principalities and high places. Like he was open-minded to that, which, you know, I wasn't able to talk about those things in Catholic school. I mean, I, we had a religion class when I was a senior, I remember getting graded. We had a class discussion that was part of our grade and we got, we got graded based on our participation in those discussions. And I would participate a lot. I was one of the most vocal participants based on my memory but I was saying things that didn't agree with the teacher. So because of that, I got a bad grade. Like my grade went down as a result from not saying the things, just being a yes man and agreeing with everything and asking the questions they wanted you to ask. I was asking them questions they couldn't answer. You know, like, why do gay people go to hell? That doesn't make any sense. Like just, you know, questions that they couldn't answer. And so I, I, I found, um, grace and knowing that my pastor was open to these things at this new church. And, um, he, he had told me the story about how he became a pastor in the first place. And it was based on an acid trip where, um, he, he was, uh, smoking a lot of weed at the time in his younger twenties, um, which is where I was at in my life. I was partying a lot, smoking a lot of weed. Um, <laughs> and I was still going to church and doing Bible study and, you know, I was researching a lot into um, the Mayan calendar ending and the 2012 stuff correlating to prophecy coming true in the book of Revelation end time stuff, which drove a lot of fear in me because I was taking the Bible literally like I wasn't looking at the more esoteric side, like the deeper meanings within that book. And um, so I was in a lot of fear and I thought church was like my only salvation to like overcome that fear. And I just noticed like I wasn't really changing. Like I was still partying and smoking all the time. And so getting back to uh, my, my pastor's story about how he became a pastor. So he was on an acid trip 
and he was living in this trap house and, you know, drugs were coming in and out all the time. Like he was just like in a very bad place, like didn't know what direction his life was heading other than just this cycle of dysfunction. And all of a sudden this uh, chessboard like flew off the table. It was the very chaotic situation as he described it. And the chessboard landed perfectly on the ground next to the table. And there was only one piece left still standing on the board. And it was a white king. And he saw that as a divine intervention in his life that he was meant for something higher. And so that's what made him become a pastor, go to Bible school. And um, I was like, wow, that is not the average story here from a pastor about, you know, what drove him to become take that path in life. And so, um, within that time, maybe many months after that, I was, I had the opportunity to try LSD again with some friends and that, that experience really broke me open. And I, I say it was my true spiritual awakening because, you know, getting into the lies in the world and all the corruption, like that's one aspect of it, but I feel like it comes full circle once you get into the spiritual awakening, because that's where you find the balance and better understanding of what's really going on and how deep the rabbit hole truly goes. And, you know, it coming back to you and like what you can do to better yourself and, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. So just having the revelation that we're all one, you know, like we're all one organism, we're all from one source. Um, I remember climbing up in the tree and just feeling the vibrations of the leaves radiating out and um, just seeing them move in the wind, like it was magical. And um, just feeling the presence of my energy and the tree's energy and the exchange of energy going on there, the um, trees giving me air to breathe. And, um, you know, just having that um, all take place that day, um, just major revelations took place major epiphanies. Um, I, I remember we were walking uh, down this back alley um, toward by my house at the time. It was a rock alley and uh, we were all uh, walking like single file through the neighborhood and um, all tripping, <laughs> tripping our balls off. And it was great. Uh, and I remember telling my friend, I was wearing flip flops and a couple of my friends were barefoot. And I was like, why am I wearing shoes right now? And he's, he, he looks at me, he's like, why are you wearing shoes? Like, you don't need to wear those. Like, that's just programming. Like you're told you need to wear shoes. So you wear shoes. And then I immediately realized I don't need shoes. So I, I took off my sandals and I just started sprinting like down this back alley. And I felt like that scene in Forrest Gump when he has those shackles on his legs and he's breaking free as a little kid and he just starts running. And he never stopped running after that. Like the shackles broke off and he like broke free of the, um, his, his, uh, things that were disabling him, I guess, or, um, it was like a very symbolic scene in that movie that related to that breakthrough I had in my life of like so many things were taught are one way, but in reality, they're completely different. And it's not till we experience that, that we can come to that new understanding. And, um, you know, I was seeing another buddy of mine who's South Sudanese. Um, he was talking to his ancestor, ancestors by the fire, literally like channeling them. 
um, speaking in tongues and different languages. And it was just a mystical experience. And at that time, I realized like I had finally found what I was looking for. Um, all that time searching externally, like I finally had that direct experience of God or whatever I thought was God, I finally experienced it. So that gave me the confidence to realize like, okay, I don't need this church anymore. I can still be spiritual without the church component. No disrespect to those still in the church. Um, you know, people still find fulfillment in that and no judgment cast. Um, but yeah, I just started to meditate more, um, many years later, um, getting, um, well, I, I had been aware of ayahuasca for quite some time, but I remember one day my girlfriend came home and um, she told me she was going to do ayahuasca and I didn't believe her at first. I was like, what? Like, you're going to do ayahuasca? Like where? Like down on the Amazon? Like, I was like, how are you going to pay for this? Like, that's really expensive, you know, 2,500 to $5,000. Like, unless you're pretty well off, like that's not a small chunk of change. And she found this place um, that's a public ayahuasca church still open to this day um, in Orlando, Florida called Soul Quest, um, the ayahuasca church of Mother Earth. And um, it's a, a beautiful place. Um, I seen her come back that next weekend um, just with a new glow about her. And I could sense like something was different. And um, many months later, um, she she had um, talked me into going with her back down there. And um, so I was able to have my first ayahuasca experience um, with her. And it really um, made me rethink psychedelics altogether as far as how I was using them up to this point, um, the respect I should be giving them. And, you know, these are serious medicine, medicinal tools and therapeutic tools to really truly grow on the soul level and um you know are to be used with our benefit but shouldn't just be you know taken last minute or going to a party and you know take some mushrooms like yeah you can definitely enjoy these things recreationally i'm not saying you can't but once you meet mother ayahuasca it it changes everything and um it just gave me a lot of revelations about you know not second guessing myself trust in my intuition, um, learning to take help when it's offered to me. I'm very um, stubborn and uh, resistant to letting people help me. I'm always trying to help others, but that's how I burn myself out is like, you know, expelling all my energy towards other people while neglecting, taking care of myself. So then I end up being burnt out. So that was another huge lesson that weekend. Um, a lot of inner child work, work took place. Um, they have integration coaches there on site uh, in between ceremonies. So you're talking through your experience um, because it's a lot to take in. I mean, you know, you can only take so much back with you when you come out of it. And, um, you know, it's a lot to uh, unpack as far as like what just happened. Like, you know, you see all these crazy things manifest like, uh, whether it be entities or flying dragons, like whatever it may be, but what's the, what's the meaning behind that? And the integration coaching um, that takes place at these retreats, like they really um, are diligent to get um, under those layers that you've been afraid to 
address for many years, which led you to this retreat to begin with. So they really break your heart open and get you in that vulnerable space to be open and share um, stuff that you've never been able to share because you've never felt you were in a safe space to open up and be vulnerable. And um, whether it be, you know, childhood traumas, you know, um, child neglect, you know, whether your parents were at work all the time. I mean, I feel like I had a lot of that in my childhood where um, my parents were workaholics and um, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them. And when we spent time together, there was a lot of arguments and it was a very traumatic time in my childhood that uh, made me face a lot of stuff that I'd kind of pushed down for many years. And I think a lot of us do until uh, we can come to terms with it until it surfaces in other ways that might be diseases or, you know, family members passing that um, reemerges those past traumas that we could never face. Um, it just brought all this stuff to the surface for me that I had never really thought about or addressed. Like I had never went to therapy, like therapy is just so taboo in our culture, especially with men. Like as men, we're just taught, like, just bottle it up. Like be a tough, be a tough guy. Like don't express yourself. Don't show any emotion. Like God forbid you shed a tear, my God. Like, um, and realizing that our vulnerability is really a strength and it makes us a stronger spiritual warriors. Like, we are so powerful when we can open up and work through that shit that no longer serves us. So I don't mean to keep ranting, but I feel like that's a good the start. Thing, the yeah. bravest thing to face your trauma, yeah. to face your, your, huh, <laughs> the things that, that prevent you from moving on. Yes. The things that, that keep you stuck, the things that make you sick. Yeah. The things that, 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 you know, kind of, uh, it's almost like bringing death closer. We yeah. need to face those things. I think it's the bravest thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So th yeah. thank you for doing the work as a man. Oh. Like, I'm just like, when it comes to men doing work, I'm just like, thank you. We yes. men, we need you to do the work because it's been, it's been mostly women. I'm not saying no men whatsoever, but yeah. mostly I, I know you know what I'm talking about. So true. And I feel like pornography is another big thing with men and, you know, how we objectify women. And a lot of that is mommy issues. Sometimes it's daddy issues from a, a woman perspective, but you know, there's so much that we need to unlearn and relearn and remember who we are about, um, you know, how did we get to be addicted to these things or where are these addictions coming from like what is the root cause and a lot of times it's trauma and you just got to peel back the layers and yeah so i mean for me i i was exposed to pornography at a very young age and i saw all the damage being done to my mind psychologically as far as how i would view women and objectify them and like you know just not see them as a human being rather than, Oh, I can just have sex with them. Like that's the programming through pornography is you see it's, it's like, it's almost like bestiality in the sense of like just seeing other humans as animals or someone you can take advantage of. And that can be very, I mean, the things that can be a result of that, like behaviors in your adulthood, 
if you never correct those behaviors um, when you're young, like, yeah, some, some men just throw that shit away when they get married and it's the end all be all, but that's not the case for every man. Like some men get married and they're still addicted to porn. Like they can't get rid of that shit. And it, it, it says a lot when something like porn is so readily available and free to anyone out there. I mean, any kid can get access to this shit nowadays and no disrespect to anyone in that industry or line of work. If you got to only fans, whatever, I'm not, I'm not hating that's on you for different. making a dollar. That's yeah. That's different. We're talking about, right. we're talking about porn, the kind where people are coerced uh, yeah. or yeah. The sex trafficking that goes on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> rape. It. Yeah. A lot of it is, I, is trafficking. A lot of it is rape. Yeah. It's exactly. not a lot of it. And here you are pleasuring yourself. You right. know, that's such a, yeah. supposed to be such a divine act that it's just right. like, that div div that divinity is being tainted by yeah. rape and you're getting off on that with well, yeah sure maybe you don't know you probably don't know right that doesn't make the energy less real right and um think about it like you're literally getting off to watching two people have sex which it, it just doesn't make sense when you like wrap your mind you're like what the fuck am i doing and then not only are you like doing a very weird act as far as like watching I mean two strangers have sex you're also like dispelling energy that could be used in other ways and utilized for a greater purpose you know not to say having sex is bad like i think oh. having sex is a great tool uh and spiritual practice of, but it's nice with that with the right person consenting. yes consent yes. is nice um being yeah, exactly. is really nice really yes being yeah. present yeah my god and, yeah i mean I, I, I want to tell all the men out there, like if you, if you can take a break from porn, even if it's 30 days, like see how much your relationship improves, not just with your partner, but with your mom and your dad with, and yourself. You know, yeah. With yourself. Most importantly, that's, that's like invite, invite it to like 60 days because right. that's like, that's like uh building your path. Like, I think that's the amount of time it takes to build neuro pathways. Right. Um, so why not? I mean, whatever you could do, but, um, right. when I realized, uh, personally, it's like a, it's like a cleanse, you know, yeah. it's like a parasite cleanse or there's many different cleanses. It's just one way of cleansing, you know, purifying. Yeah. I, uh, when I realized what was actually going on with the porn, porn industry, I never, I never turned one video on ever again. Right. Because right. I don't, I don't need to, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I, did, I, like I didn't mean to make sure it uncomfortable. Creation. What's that? I like to use that energy for creation. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's what it's supposed to be used for. Yeah. Like you can still, but yeah, you can like, I mean, getting into the more mystical side of it, you know, you're channeling that, that energy up the spine to your to your uh, crown chakra and your pineal and you know there's that whole story in the bible of climbing jacob's ladder and ascending to that higher level of consciousness and i feel like semen retention is huge and getting there is as just a spiritual practice to have that breakthrough experience like you'd have on psychedelics but doing it in a sober state just by 
simply um, retaining your your sacred secretion, um, you know, your life force and um, using it for better purposes, creating, whether it be poetry, a podcast, uh, music, you know, so many beautiful things you can create, art in any form. Yeah. Uh, since you just mentioned poetry, I'm going to plug yeah. myself. Yes. <laughs> so um, on, on the, what, what date was that? What's today? The, th the third? Today's the, oh, today's the fourth. Uh, yesterday, which was the third, March the third. Oh, that's interesting. On the third, uh, the third month of the year, third day of that month, interesting uh is when my uh poet uh, um it's it's called shadow and light ascension poetry book just came out yesterday which is march 3rd and um it's on amazon just just write my name or or the the poetry book itself which is again uh light and shadow ascension poetry or in the description below, in the show notes, you'll see my link tree and you will see as one of the buttons, a link to getting your own copy, if interested, of course. And in that is uh, basically my journey. I technically started um, 2011 and just kind of writing down things as they came up, you know, just like things I'm observing or like, you know, just the frustration or or just things that I felt were uh, to share with the world if, if it was something that came up. For example, one of them was uh, I had spilled something and while I'm cleaning up the spill, st things started come to, coming to me and I'm like, well, if I stop this, you know, like, like, like I shouldn't stop what I'm doing. But then I was just like, no, if inspiration hits you, pause. So uh, long story short, I wrote a short poem about inspiration don't let you know whatever you're doing stop you so just like things throughout my life kind of like either again to either inspire people or me just kind of venting or expressing my current uh life going on um yeah it's basically a work of about 11 years plus i found a poem from uh 2005 so you know Basically, once I was looking through uh, through it, looking over it, um, I guess last summer when I started looking over it, I realized what I had in front of me was Ascension Poetry. And I was just like, holy shit, my journey. Something that, that definitely people could benefit from, absolutely. And the mo the biggest part of that is uh, to help people not feel alone. Mm -hmm. That's that's technically why I do do this this particular podcast, the, the Ascension yeah. Stories. Yes. Um, again, to, not, to help people not feel alone, like, we're all just human. This, this is our stuff that we're experiencing, feeling, and right. So I birthed the baby yesterday. If you guys yes. want to shout, beautiful. <laughs> Yay! You, you, you do you care if I read a poem that I wrote that yes, was inspired please. by ayahuasca? <laughs> Love, please. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Um, so it goes something like this. So I was introduced to my mother. I've learned to love my brother. Despite our differences, it's a simple tip, yet still forget. Agree to disagree so you can live in peace. This life is a dream. Make it a good one. Don't say you woulda, coulda, shoulda. Sharing that good love with a good hug. Time to heal with these good drugs. When it's time to sit and listen, be a good pup. The less you speak, the more you hear. My words cut deep like a spear. 
Through any fear, I'll always persevere. My vision is crystal clear. New sense, new lenses and a new perception. No rocks left turned over like an interception in football. If your mother would call, would you answer it? I hope so. We know nothing. We just don't know. Why does growth have to go slow? It requires patience throughout the changing of ages, old ways, and cages. You threw away the keys. It takes time to find these. Don't get what you want. You get what you need. A feast for thought. Please eat. Rather than preach, I want to lead by example. Be a sample for you to try a handful to see if you like it. Finding what hides inside and start living in bliss and love, not the prison of numb. Learn to feel. Turn your wheels to drive straight ahead instead of swerving. We will march on forward like Martin ordered with the heart of a warrior. I love it. Thank you. Love it. Thanks for letting me share that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, because poetry is so very, um, so very important for me. Yeah. I, I feel like it's such a good way to just get things out, yes, you know, exactly. Just spill spill your thoughts and all that stuff you want to express on the paper in a way that's un, can be understood you know yeah it's uh it's almost it's almost a a, a surrogate for uh, uh writing in your journal i feel yeah i don't i don't do that and there's a story to why i don't do that i don't i don't journal um yeah i think journaling is great I know people that have healed their PTSD with, with journaling. I think it's wonderful. You know, it's just right. for everybody. But for me, I, poetry. Because it's same. the same thing. It's the <laughs> yep. same thing, getting it out. Yep. And yeah, I've never been able to journal either. Poetry is my journaling. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, such, such serious healing that, that goes on through uh, writing poetry. Yeah. 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 We're, we're doing good. So, um, I wanted to, uh, um, like, I wanted to not interrupt you when you were, when you were talking, I wanted to say that I find that nature is church. Yes. Because the universe is nature, right? Yes. So everything is nature. So everything that's nature, including us. Yes. Everything that's nature. Everything. Yep. Is the divine. <laughs> you'll be surrounded by the divine i just wanted to add that piece in there and yeah i think we're in we're just in the process of remembering who we are like it the way we see it it's like it's new information but really it's old information we're just relearning it and yes. it's like we have cultural amnesia yes. and we're just like pulling back the layers of oh this is who i really am this is who we are getting back to nature you know just we are a part of nature like we are just like the animals like animals don't question like oh should i do this today like no they just do it like they don't know any different and we just we're so far removed from it in our culture like in the big city life and these concrete jungles that we forget like no like you can't just go out for a walk and plug back into the real <laughs> the real society the real <laughs> way of life you know and um I, I i read a really great book um recently um it was called um what was it uh sacred sacred something um i'll get you the name of it in the show notes but it, it, 
the subtitle was the spiritual landscape of native America, uh, sacred earth, I think it's called. Um, but it's all about, um, just like how far removed we are spiritually from being connected to nature in our modern day and, um, just the native American practices, like how, how they were so robbed, um, from colonialism and, you know, all these sacred sites being desecrated, um, that have, you know, magnificent energies, uh, if you go there and take it all in, um, just so much that we don't know about where we are on this landmass here in the States. Um, just because we haven't been taught about it, you know, it's not a part of, um, our school system. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to take part in sweat lodges here locally and um, get to know the natives um, locally here. And I'm so privileged to be a part of it. I mean, it's been such a game changer as far as another integration tool back home, like coming back from ceremony, like, you know, you have your meditation, you have your walks in nature, you have breath work and yoga, but, uh, every time I go to the sweat, I mean, it feels like another ceremony and I'm not taking any plant medicine to take part in this, you know, you're in complete darkness and, you know, you're hearing the chanting songs, you're hearing the vibrations, you're, you're feeling the energy of the spirits. And, um, it's, it just feels like a rebirth experience, similar to journeys I've had on ayahuasca and, you know, journeys with mushrooms. And it's just such a beautiful, um, practice, um, cause the whole symbology of it, it's like you crawl, you crawl in and you bow and you say, aho matakiase, which means all my relations as if we're all one, we're all related, you know, we're, we're all from the same source and, you know, there's no more room for judgment or, you know, he's on that team. She's on this team. Like there's none of that. Like we're all in this together. We're all here for prayer and purification. And so you crawl in, um, you know, trying to be purified um, and you come out reborn anew, like you're going back in the womb to be reborn again every time you go in the sweat. Um, so that's been a huge spiritual tool of mine um, here where I live. But for anyone that has the opportunity to take part in the sweat lodge, like more power to you because you will not regret it. I know a lot of the people can be claustrophobic or, you know, overwhelmed by how hot it gets, but I think it's a test on your, your determination and, um, your, um, self-control and ability to push yourself past the limits of what you think is possible, because we have so many limitations in our lives of what we're told we can achieve and what we can't, but just, just looking at my life from the last year alone, like so, so many things have manifested that I never thought were possible, even like a year and a half, two years ago. And here we are like, we're having this conversation <laughs> in this present moment. And I, it's still surreal to me. Like I, I just think I'm just an average Joe. And once I started to realize like, we're all human, like nobody's above me, nobody's below me. And you can just see people look in people's eyes and speak to them as a reflection of yourself. No different. Like, yeah, we have different names. We have different bodies, but we're all of the same source. And I feel like if you can approach people that way, you know, especially in these times, like throughout the last two years, like people cutting off family members just because of political beliefs or what they decide to put in their bodies, like, come on, 
like we're better than this. And I think it's a daily practice, any conversation you're in, any stranger you meet, if they, if they uh, trigger you in some way and how you react, whether you react in anger and that affects the rest of your day going forward, like you still got work to do. And that's like a lesson for you to learn and work with. Um, and every conversation you have, like is a new opportunity to grow and learn. Yeah. When somebody triggers a person, uh, it's my understanding is that it's either something that is within them as in um, something that they repress, something yes. that is just like who they are, part of who they are, or it's just a, a wound, a traumatic yeah. that needs to be looked at. So whatever that trigger is, yeah, it's not yeah. pleasant, but it's so, showing you something. It's this the same <laughs> thing that when your body is yeah. in pain, it's showing you something. Something's off balance. Yeah. Something's stuck somewhere. So it just needs to be looked at. So always don't turn away from the wounds or the triggers. Don't get upset at those that are mirroring these things to you. It's just the, the divine, technically, from a bit larger perspective, uh, the divine just showing you, hey, you need to look at this. Mm. Oh, you want to ignore it right now? By the, by the way, another It'll time. keep showing up. <laughs> I'm going to show you from this angle, but it's only yeah. going to be a bigger the next time. And then you want to ignore yeah. this? Show you from this angle. It's going to be even <laughs> yeah. So you keep enjoying yourself with the ignoring, but right. yeah. Ignoring it's just like relationships, like. Uh, if you have issues with your mother, for example, like as a man, like you'll just keep repeating those same lessons throughout relationships until you learn the lesson. Like you need to work through those childhood traumas. Otherwise, you know, the same problems are going to keep manifesting. And what's the definition of insanity? You know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. <laughs> Thank you. Technically, well, why do it? Insane, right? Yeah, the- exactly. We're all just doing the same <laughs> thing. Definition. Over, like, Oh, why are things not changing? Yeah, because you haven't tried something else. You haven't tried yeah. to take a look at this issue, this pain, this trigger. Exactly. We need to break the fuck up, everybody. Love you. Yeah. We, need to, we need to break the fuck up. Seriously. Yeah. So necessary. Uh, so true. Uh, I I wanted to uh, talk about too, like how uh, I had uh, I've had two trips down to soul quest to take part in ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, my, my first experience had a lot of overarching themes of, um, like, um, this, uh, God versus devil archetype, um, which was a lot of, you know, the programming and, uh, indoctrination from being Catholic all those years. And, um, it brought a lot of that to the surface of, um, you know, feeling like, what it's like to be God and, you know, have that overarching look on the world and the universe and to know what everyone else is doing. And um, that's a lot of responsibility. And I also felt what it was like to be the devil and have that power. And I didn't want that power either, but um, I, I thought like I was choosing a side, like, in those states that I was in. Cause like for one part of it, it was like, I was the devil. Then another part, I was God. Um, you know, there was aspects of it where, um, I felt what it was like to not have legs and couldn't walk. My dad broke his neck when he was 15 in a diving accident. So he's been in a wheelchair all his life. And 
I felt I had that empathy to feel what it was like to be disabled and not have legs. Um, so I could put myself in his shoes and, um, you know, just having a lot of those revelations come up. Um, so that was the first overarching thing was like this God versus devil. And then the second time I went back, there was an overarching theme of like a masculine Abrahamic father, God versus like the feminine goddess energy, mother earth, you know, the opposed, the opposing nature of that. And um, because there's a lot of that masculine dominance in our culture today, um, where the women were kind of pushed in the background and not given the respect they deserve. And, you know, you guys are fucking intelligent, like, and need to be utilized for your divine gifts. Exactly. (laughs) So powerful. powerful. There's a reason why we're sent to the back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had a guest on my show, Peter Shampoo. He was talking about how before we would go to war, make any decision, we would go to the council of grandmothers and they would, they would decide whether we would proceed one way or another. Like that was who we would go to before any major decision was made. Whereas today you always have a male hierarchy who's making those decisions. So I feel like we're off balance as far as, um, you know, just finding that um, balance between the two. And um, so there's um, a lot of push and pull and tug of war through this experience of um, like, I would, I would be in the Abrahamic father, God energy. And uh, my mother would be looking at me like, what are you doing over there? Like, uh, I need love too. Like, don't be neglecting me. And so I, I felt like, which one do I choose? And um, come to realize um, it was all an illusion. And we have to find the balance between the two. Like we have aspects of each within us all. And um, it kind of bursted that bubble for me of, you know, which one is it? Is God a man or is a is it a woman? Like, uh, which one is it? And just realizing there's aspects of each and God, I feel, or that higher power, you know, some people might take that as, oh, that's what the Baphomet is. Like he's a hermaphrodite. And it's, it's like, a, this is 3d perception. It's just with organs. It's a wholeness. It's a yin and yang. It's, it's yes. like saying yin and yang is a, a, a transsexual or whatever. Um, right. Nonsense. <laughs> right, yeah. 3d labels, etc. cetera. God, yeah is there is the feminine aspect the masculine as- aspect just like yin and yang it's yeah. energy the feminine yes. is, is energy it's not yes. genitals so true oh. like you got to separate just looking at it through a body <laughs> yeah yeah look at it from a higher perspective and yeah. so that really bursted that bubble for me so i i found it interesting how those two were kind of tied together like i said it went from God versus devil to masculine versus feminine. And then um, um, I had met a good friend there named Will. Um, he was a beautiful soul. Um, he was on the mat right next to me my first time drinking the medicine. And he had told me he did past life regressions. Um, and I had the opportunity to do a session with him lasted five hours and it brought up some past lives. Um, I had one um, where I was uh, Egyptian blacksmith um, back in Egypt. And, you know, this was long, many, many years ago. And uh, I fell in love with this higher class priestess. 
that like had to leave the higher class to even be with me. And um, it was a very interesting lifetime that came up. Another one, um, I was a black woman in her 40s. Um, it was like early 1800s. Um, it was either in Virginia or North Carolina. And um, I had a father that was a Native American chief named Mateo. And uh, it was very distinct. I, I remember him having the name Mateo. And I thought that was very strange. And I remember we were like fleeing a village that was being um, raped and pillaged um, by the settlers that were coming in. And we rescued this little white girl. And um, so that was another lifetime. And then there was another one where uh, my girlfriend, Joy, she was in it. She was the fairy and I was a hobbit. <laughs> and uh, she was uh, running this fly school, like teaching people how to fly. Like it was like a fairy school. And we were leading mushroom retreats in this alternative parallel reality in this lifetime. It, 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 it seemed like it was a realm, like it wasn't of this earth. Maybe it was a different planet, different dimension, who knows? It's like it's a fun but, 5D thing. Yeah. And um, so you those know, were the three. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And those are the three lifetimes that came up. And then I remember like the next day, like, uh, cause going into it, I was kind of skeptical, like, we'll see what happens then see if I can make any, uh, correlations the next day I I'm researching all the past lives that came up, seeing if I can make any connections. And sure enough, there was this, uh, native American chief, um, in North Carolina named Monteo, never even heard of the guy. And, um, he was the first Native American baptized in the Church of England. So he was the first Christian Native American in, in the U.S. And he baptized um, this little uh, English girl that was brought over named Virginia. I'm not sure if Virginia was named after her, but it was just a crazy story that connected to my past life that came up. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And um, so this led me to... Um, my buddy, Will, he had mentioned that um, he had some very intense, um, crazy uh, experiences on five grams and so in silent darkness with psilocybin mushrooms. And um, he was saying they were more intense than his ayahuasca journeys. And I was like, wait a minute, like, I thought ayahuasca was like the Mount Everest. So um, I think maybe I was just doing it wrong in the past, um, doing it with oh, other people. There's no... <laughs> Right. There's no wrong way, but I wanted to try it this way. Cause I had never, I had never done it by myself in silent darkness. And he also told me about this lemon tech method. Uh, I believe Paul Stamets uh, introduced it, but essentially you, you soak the dried mushrooms and lemon juice for a good half hour to an hour before you take them and drink it down like a tea, pour hot water over them and um, just let it simmer for a while. And then you drink it down. And essentially what that does is it helps your stomach metabolize the mushrooms in a way that's not as hard on your stomach. So you don't have the stomach rot that can often come up with mushrooms, which had been a problem I had faced in the past with mushrooms. So I built up a lot of resistance because of that. And I think at the same time, that could just be our own resistance manifesting and stomach pains too. Like there's that aspect too, but, um, so um, my girlfriend, Joy, at the time, she was going back 
to drink ayahuasca, a woman's only retreat, really special weekend for her. And I decided, well, I'm going to take this weekend to uh, do this five grams in silent darkness. And uh, I really set the stage. I was, I was very careful what I was plugging into that week. Um, you know, really doing a mental cleanse of, you know, not tuning in any, any dark corruption in the world, any news that was taking me down some negative rabbit holes. Like I, I was trying to, you, yeah, you I love that. Yeah. Love. Just pl plugging into the positive, staying grounded, um, keeping my daily practices in check, trying to eat clean, um, eat pretty plant-based that week. And, um, I remember staging the house, um, staged the room where I was embarking on this journey, um, said my prayers before, lit up the incense, and I was ready to go. Um, and I, I tell you what, it was the most crazy, seamless transition I've ever had, like, as far as waiting for the um, psychedelic to kick in, like, I was just breathing into the experience, and there was no stomach rot whatsoever. I was just there. Like, it was like I was sober and then I was there and I had no uh, external distractions or influences over my experience. It was all coming from within me, uh, whether that was my subconscious, my imagination. And all of a sudden I'm just like in this library of, uh, I would call it my Akashic record. And I could like go to any book and open up a book and ask it whatever I wanted to ask and the answer would appear. Sometimes it wouldn't be the answer I was hoping for. And I knew where that was going to continue to lead me if I kept questioning it more. So I would shut the book and then open up a new book and answer it or ask it a new question. So it was like a continual process of just like uh, surrendering to whatever came up. And um, it was just the most peaceful experience. And um, just having the revelation, like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm living out my life purpose, um, just being proud of yourself in that aspect. And, um, you know, just telling yourself, you love you, you love yourself and, um, you know, blessed to have the parents I have, whatever it may be, um, just coming to those new understandings and, there was a lot of comparison and contrast between unity and duality in that experience and trying to understand, um, you know, just the philosophies of both. And is it unity or is it duality and realizing uh, it's a balance, you know, it's a balance. It all comes back to balance. And that's been a huge lesson throughout my life is just finding balance, my daily routine, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, yeah. Uh, so that, that kind of tied them all together as far as the experiences. And um, I'll also mention too, um, it really piqued my interest. Um, I'll tell a couple of stories my buddy Will told about through his journeys on five grams in silent darkness. Um, he had this one story where there was this giant being and it was an angelic being that was suited in armor and it was holding this giant sword and the closer he got to this giant being, he realized it was holding two swords. And he, as he got closer, the being handed him a sword um, that was his to keep to use to fight in spiritual battle. And this being was St. Michael the Archangel, um, which is known as fighting the dark forces and being an angel of protection. And uh, 
you know, after I heard that I, I had no reservations, like I have to do this, not to mention, uh, Terrence McKenna, um, and his advocation for, um, the five grams and silent darkness being where the pedal meets the metal and where the rubber meets the road. Like this is where you can have those transcendent experiences because the whole point, I mean, it's very similar to going in a float tank where you're just eliminating all sensory input, you know, outside of your five senses. Like, so you're creating the experience, you know, when you're in a float tank, you're in complete darkness, you're floating in water. So it feels like you're floating in space. Like you have nothing to come up or no one to distract you, no music plan, no TV plan. It's just you and your thoughts. So whatever comes up, you have no choice but to face what comes up and very therapeutic um, for anyone trying to embark on something like this. I definitely recommend having a guide maybe outside the room that you can call if you need um, someone that's there if something were to go wrong. I mean, definitely don't be completely by yourself to the point where if something did go wrong, you had no one to help you. So that's always good to have a sitter with you. I always recommend that. But yeah, I mean, and same goes with ayahuasca. Like if you're thinking about going down to an ayahuasca to go embark on an ayahuasca ceremony or going to one of these retreats, definitely do your own research. Um, you know, you can't be on SSRIs, uh, antidepressant medication. Um, you really got to clean up your diet the month ahead of time um you know just realize what you're getting yourself into it's very serious work it's not like a walk in the park or you're going on a vacation like no like you're really wanting to see yourself grow in um the most therapeutic setting possible and i think ayahuasca is a powerful container to do that just make sure you're you're finding a place that's the right space for you because there is, there is retreats out there who might be taking advantage of people or, you know, stealing money from people. Like there is some dark stuff going on as well. So definitely talk to people that have been there and done that and experienced it and, you know, see what they recommend and trust, trust your intuition as well. Super important. Yeah, absolutely. All about intuition. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, if, if something feels right, if your heart says yes, that's a good sign. Yeah, go with it. If yeah, there's I mean, a weird, uneasy feeling. Yeah, I mean, and, and I will say along with that, like, be careful of any resistance because there is going to be resistance. Like, you're going to have a lot of anxiety and nervousness about. I mean, going. more so like picking, picking, uh, uh, picking your like, let's say your shaman or or different right, right. leaders. Exactly. Um, yeah, listen to your heart. Yeah, listen to your heart. But uh, whether or not to do the medicine, chances are it's going to be like, the stomach is going to be like, no, right. <laughs> yeah, you're, no, because yeah, you're, you're afraid. It's okay. Yeah, your, your ego is going to be like, what do you need to change? Like, right, well, you got to figure it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm perfect. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. It's going to be like, I'm afraid, you know, the. So, yeah yeah um, learn to discern what where it's coming from where those voices are coming from is it your heart speaking or is it your mind because yeah. your mind's going to make every excuse why you don't need to go so um, but once you get the calling you'll know yeah absolutely yeah so um what's your uh experience with acupuncture 
acupuncture. Oh man. So I'm, I'm, I'm still a rookie with acupuncture, but I have had the chance to um, go a few times. Um, I'll, I'll talk about a recent experience I had Um, last time I went, well, I think it was the first time I went, um, we still had the mask mandate in effect. So I had to wear a mask, uh, even though my acupuncturist, she was totally cool with uh, not getting the jab and she, she was more respecting people's beliefs on the masks. And I understand that, but I was still, you know, in resistance of wearing a fucking mask. Like, so I was, I was having this battle within myself, like the whole beginning of the experience, like, God damn it. I don't want to be wearing this mask right now. Like this is really restricting my airflow. It's fucking up my Zen. Like, uh, I'm just trying to relax and this mask is like, and we need, we need oxygen for it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I, it was crazy because, um, you know, despite, I I know I don't need to wear a mask. I know this. So I was, I had that resistance there. Right. And I realized it was crazy. Like it was like clockwork. Like it just, it switched immediately. So I noticed as the experiences, the experience was beginning, I had the needles in me and I felt this pressure point in my ankle. And it, it was just like this, uh, chronic pain that was, uh, like my whole ankle was inflamed. I believe it was my left ankle and I'll have to look up what organs and stuff that's tied to based on the meridian system and the Chinese medicine model. But, um, it was crazy. I, I, I I remember like having this conflict in my head, like if you could only just get over this resistance to the mask, like why ruin this whole experience just based on the fact you're wearing a mask because yeah, you have the opportunity to sit here and complain about the mask, your whole session that you paid money for, your hard-earned money for. So why not just try to enjoy it to the full potential you yeah, can? The stress is actually going the opposite. You're already here. It's now. Yeah. There's no yeah. going back. I'm just feeding it's the not, problem. Not come back, whatever. Yeah. But right now so I, you're here. So yeah. what do, you do the best? How can you make the best of it? Right. Right. So I was just feeding the problem and inflaming the problem by just being in resistance to the mask. And the moment I finally surrendered and could get over this mask, the pain went away immediately. Like it was like, it showed me how powerful the mind is, you know, and acupuncture is such a beautiful practice of getting you in that meditative state. It's so therapeutic. Um, I definitely recommend trying it if you haven't. Um, I'm still learning more about it, but it's just a fascinating practice for me. Um, I had an acupuncturist on my show named Daryl Becker. He's the great dude. He lives out in Hawaii. And, you know, he's, he's changed so many people's lives through them just regularly coming to acupuncture and he also gives them tools to help with their diet and everything else. But I think there's so much left to be found in um, the Eastern way of thinking. And I love how they, they see the whole body as it's all connected. Like they're all moving parts of the same organism where it's not like you need to go to a foot doctor here. You need to go to a heart doctor here. You need to go to a pediatrician. Like we have so many specialists and uh, I feel like we're so compartmentalized in our health system in the West that we forget it's all connected. 
And that goes with our mind, or our mind, our body, and our spirit too, and our emotional body. Like they're all connected and they manifest in different health issues. And until we can get to the root cause, like we're going to continue to see these things manifest in different ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, they're a surprise when we get a diagnosis, like we got cancer, but what were the underlying causes that led up to that point? You know, it didn't just come out of nowhere, you know, that's why, that's why I consider what what I do with QHHD, uh, a holistic practice because, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm concentrating on the root cause. Yeah. The root cause of, of, let's say your pain here, there, what, wherever right. your mind, your emotions, your physical body, and right. it's just, it, it all comes down, down to the root of the issue. What yeah. Is, yeah. We, gotta, we can't just put, keep putting band-aids over it. Like. Yeah, you gotta, leave, you gotta, you gotta deal with that trauma. Cause again, the, the, yes. that root is always the trauma. It's trauma is basically energy being stuck. In, instead of being processed and that stuck energy is lodged in your muscles in your organs mm. wh- wherever it's yeah. always yeah you got to so deal true. with the whole body not separate none of this is separate so true and um you know i, I know we're getting towards the end here but I, another thing i wanted to add in um in that five grams in silent darkness which was a huge epiphany for me was, you know, I was trying to stay in the darkness as long as I could, because I knew the minute one little bit of light uh, creaked in, like that was going to, you know, shut off the whole experience. And, you know, I'm back in the 3D again, but um, I I remember lighting the match and because I I had to get up to go to the bathroom. I was like, all right, I've held it long enough. (laughs) Like I got to go. So I lit a match and like just seeing that the the power in that little match, like that little flame wow. lights up the whole room, you know, the, the smallest flame can light up the whole room of darkness. And, you know, you can take that analogy to the world right now, you know, despite all the darkness in the world, like we all have that divine spark within us. We all have that internal flame of light, you know, that's trying to be beamed out to the rest of the world. And if we can carry that light and honor that light and share it with others, be our best self every day, like show up as our best self, Absolutely. you know, that's, that's the great work we're all trying to do. Yeah. And again, it, it comes down to when you do the work, you're able to shine, shine darker, yes. uh, brighter, brighter, brighter. Yeah. Uh, get the, um darkness out of the way yes that darkness because that darkness is like taking up space taking up room yeah turn those shadows in the light yeah and then then the fire will just burn yeah and yeah it'll affect everybody around else around you you'll be that light like you said yes the the difference that it makes yes one little flame right yeah and to to any situation like how are you approaching it what are you bringing to it you know don't don't let life control you like this life was made for you yeah. they always say life is happening for you not to you absolutely you know? yeah. be the victim of or be the victor of your story not the victim i'm not sure exactly where the origin of uh that saying comes from but um uh, my understanding is, uh, so the book, uh, what is it called? Conversations with God by, by uh, uh, I need to read that. Neil Donald Walsh, I believe I got his name correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. That, it's in his book. It's uh, something that, that has stuck to, stuck with me. Um, yeah. 
life isn't happening to you it's happening for you those mm -hmm. those things they're yeah. lessons they're there are lessons to grow your soul to to become become wiser yes it's not so happening true. it's happening for you absolutely so um one of the last questions that i like to ask is uh what is your opinion on what new earth is mm -hmm. new earth i feel is um an emerging paradigm um that is on its way and um we all play our role in that we all have our own role to play and i feel like we're all on our own paths of healing and um i feel like we're living in a time of a great awakening and um yeah it seems like there's a lot going on right now but i feel like if you stay focused on what you're doing in your everyday life like look at where you were just today right now in this moment from a year ago you know are you are you in the same spot or are, do you feel like you're in a better place than you were just a year ago? And you can use that to yesterday or last week or last month, you know, keep, keep checking in with yourself of, you know, where am I at? Like, am I in a cycle of dysfunction or am I just spinning my wheels or am I evolving? Am I continuing to learn and grow? And um, I feel like we're living through that time of the great revelation and uh, the great revealing and um, you know, we're removing the layers that no longer serve us. And I feel like a new paradigm will emerge out of that. You know, the more of us who, who start doing the work, um, I know I am, I know you are, and I know there's a lot of great people out there that, you know, just hearing this, that might be the spark that they needed to get going on their journey. And um, that's, that's why I do my podcast. That's why I know you're doing yours. And um, you know, that's all we can do is just, keep putting one foot in front of the other and you know let's make this happen by being our best selves every day and it'll happen naturally just by doing that you know controlling what we can control yeah. you know not, not trying to do any more than that taking responsibility yeah. for our own lives no matter, no matter what yes. you know the circumstances might have been served uh whatever um uh hand you were dealt whatever metaphor you want to use it's yeah. now your responsibility to resolve because it is your life. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, I forget that quote, uh, Buddha said, but, um, something about you can't hide the truth. Like the truth will always come to light. Like, <laughs> it's like, I think it's, uh, there's three things, uh, that are always, um, consistent and it's the sun, the moon and the truth. Yep. Right. So, you know, what, what's, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. So what, what has been, will always will be, you know, the alpha and omega, like just, just continue to do what you can, um, and try your best. Like, yeah, you're going to have your down days. Like you're going to have your ups and downs in life, but look at the bigger picture. Like, where are you heading? Absolutely. You know, are you going forwards or backwards? And absolutely. Just keep no. going. Uh, how can people find you? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Natasha, so much for having me on your show. This has been an awesome conversation and I hope your listeners loved it. Um, you can find me um, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, I'm pretty much an amateur when it comes to recording um, and, you know, knowing the ins and outs of audio and video. So I've been self-taught my whole way to this point. So as of now, I just release audio, 
but I will have be having video eventually into the future. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Dre live for today. Um, you know, really, um, pushing people to stay present and be their best selves through that title. But, uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Andre Mitty. That's A N D R E M Y T T Y. Um, but yeah, uh, I love to, um, have any of your listeners give any of my shows a listen. I think it'll resonate and yeah, just thank you for giving me a voice to speak and, uh, letting me share my story for sure yeah go check out ascension of the chessmen guys more ascension stuff let's do this yes all right thank you so very much for coming on i very much appreciate it you are a lovely lovely guest and i will see you around and guys thank you so much for joining us i will see you around as well i'll see you in the next episode have a good one bye